So we're going to talk about the mind today a little bit. And let's go ahead and start to journey through the scriptures. In Isaiah 26.3, the King James says this, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now in the Amplified, it reads like this, You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Listen, walking with the Lord is a commitment, just like a marriage. Okay, I do not believe and attest to the fact that you fall in love. Falling in love is a Hollywood term. Love is a commitment. If you can fall in, you can fall out. I hope that I love my wife more after 21 years of washing my underwear and socks than I did before she started washing my underwear and socks. Does that make sense? I hope that I love her more after 21 years of eating her cooking and her taking care of my kids than I did when we were footloose and fancy free and didn't have any kids. I hope I love her more. Why? Because I'm committed to her. We're so fickled with love. It is a commitment. Walking with God is a commitment. I'm not just loving God and, and walking with God because, you know, he filled me with the Holy Ghost 27 years ago coming up. I'm not just loving him because of that. I'm loving him because he died for me and before I was even born, he loved me. Before he knew me, he loved me. I am loving God because he first loved me. And he is committed to me, so I must be committed to him. So my mind has to stay committed and in constant and perfect peace and stayed on Jesus Christ. Amen? You've got to keep your mind under tight control. Sometimes we think too much. Well, what did they say when you said this? And how did they respond? And what was their voice? And what, what was the expressions they used? And did they sound mad? You think too much. Look, you've got to keep your mind under subjection because the devil will throw things into your mind to make you think things that aren't even true. Amen? In order to have constant peace and perfect peace in your life, you are going to have to keep your thoughts fixed on God. You're going to have to keep your mind in the game. Have you ever been driving down the road and you've been thinking about something else and you completely miss your turn or end up somewhere you never dreamed you was going to be? Now, I didn't used to do that till about six months ago. I didn't know where. I mean, I ended up somewhere and I'm like, well, how in the world did I end up here? Because your mind is a powerful thing. Okay, John, let's go on. So Mark 12, 30, Jesus said this, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. This is what Jesus said. In the Amplified, it reads like this, And you shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart, and out of and with all your soul, your life, and out of and with all your mind, your faculty of thought, and your moral understanding. When they take prisoners of war, what's the first thing they try to do? Get into their head. Because if they can get their mind, they've got their body. What does the devil want to do with us? He wants to get into our minds. He wants to get into our thought processes. He wants to get into our moral understanding. 
He wants to get in there and drive a wedge to make you think that so-and-so is mad with, uh, mad at you. So-and-so is angry at you. Well, how do you know they're angry? Because they looked across the church last Sunday at me and didn't even smile. And we're laughing, but you know what? It's true. Well, how do you know they're mad? I can just tell. You know why? You can just tell because your mind has been injected if there's this wedge that the devil puts in there. That's why you have to guard your mind and you can only allow the things that are godly and the things that are pure and the things that are honest and the things that are just, amen, to get into your mind. Romans says this, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity the law of sin which is in my members in the NIV it says this but I see another law at work in my members and uh, or of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner people are prisoners today in their own minds People won't come out of the house today because in their mind, everybody's against them. In their mind, everything is uh, anti-them. In their mind, everything that they tried and hoped to do has failed, so they're not going to come out and face any more failure and any more rejection. Listen, there's a, there's a lie that goes around that there is hypocrites in church. Therefore, I am not going to church. Where do we get that? It's in our mind. I'm not going to that church because the preacher preaches too long and I starve at 12.05. It's in your mind and your belly. Things are in your mind. Everything starts out with a thought. Everything starts out with a thought in your mind. Therefore, your mind has to be God-friendly. Your mind has to be word-friendly. What I'm saying, what I said is this. If we could get everybody and we could put God thoughts in all of our minds, how much better would we be? I'm sure it may have been a struggle for some of us to get to church today just because it's my only day to sleep in. But now see if I can inject my thinking into you, I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I'm excited. It's Sunday. I get to see everybody. We get to preach. We get to touch people's lives. We get to have fun. But if we can get our thoughts, God thoughts, that's what we need. We need God thoughts. So therefore, we will not be waging a war because the law of our mind is making us a prisoner. Jesus Christ came to set all of us free from our minds. He came to set us free from our minds because you know what? In my mind, if I try to rationale and if I try to reason out coming to church, listening to music, singing songs, feeling something strange that I've never felt before, lifting my hands, praising God, receiving God's Spirit into my life, that doesn't make any sense in the law of my mind. Because the law of my mind says we are conditioned and we are set in a pattern of life and this will happen because that has happened. We have stimuli and we have response. If you do this, you will get this. Two plus two is still four. So we, the devil makes us overwhelmed in our minds. Life gets us overwhelmed in our minds until we want to come to the point where the only thing that makes sense is pulling the blinds, shutting the drapes, locking the doors, turning the lights out, getting in bed, and pulling the cover clear over our head. Turn the answer machine off. Turn the phone off. I don't want to hear from anybody. You know, there are people who do that. You can make all the money in the world, but if your mind is warring against you, you are a prisoner. 
You can have prestige, you can have success, you can look all good on the outside, but if your mind is warring against you, you are a prisoner of sin and you are a prisoner of your mind. Therefore, you have to be careful what goes in your mind. You have to watch what goes in between those ears. Amen? All right, is this making sense? Romans 7.25 says this, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with my mind I myself serve the law of God, but with my flesh the law of sin. The NIV says this, so then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. I want to be God's slave. I want him to tell me where I need to go and what I need to do. With my body, my body doesn't want to always go to church. My body doesn't always want to pray. My body doesn't always want to fast. Your body is a slave to the law of sin. Do I have the Holy Ghost? Yes, I do. But I still have my sinful nature that I have to deal with every day. Do I have the Holy Ghost? Yes, I do. And therefore... In my mind, I want to be a slave to God's laws. So if I put God's laws in my mind, my mind begins to think out the thoughts of God. And you cannot control your actions until you learn how to control your thoughts. Because your thoughts produce the action. But when you're sitting down there at the intersection, your foot just, do, just does not push against the gas and you go. In your mind, you say, I'm next. Or in your mind, you say, I think I can beat him. Why? Because that's what your mind says. That's what your thinking says. It is our thoughts. Our thoughts say, I'm going to go to church today. And while we're sitting there, we're either saying, this is good preaching and I'm glad I came, or I can't wait to go out and get drunk before sundown today. That's in our mind. That's why we have to be careful who our mind is a slave to. You think negative thoughts, you become a negative person. You think positive thoughts, you become a positive person. And I've heard church people gripe about PMA, positive mental attitude. Listen, the Word of God is a self-help book. The Bible is a positive mental attitude book. Amen? You put the principles of the Word of God in your life and you will lead a positive, successful life. But you put negative thinking in there and you are going to be a slave to the negative thinking. Nobody likes me. My girlfriend don't love me no more. That's pretty good English. God tried to go home one night and, and everybody was mad at him. The dog didn't even meet him at the door. And what he didn't know was the dog was in the backyard. But his mind was telling him, the dog doesn't even like you. But you see, the devil will inflate things in your life and in our minds to make it think like everybody's against us, everybody hates us, you don't have any friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I have to have faith which feeds my mind that I am good, I'm a good person, I love God, I love people. Amen? And I am going to be successful for Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, 23, 24 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You need to have a renewing. You know that? Everybody needs a bath. Everybody's got to have a bath sometime. You start smelling, you need renewed. You got to put, you got to put new oil in your car. 
You got to renew the flow of gasoline in your car. Ain't that a journey these days? And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. If you pick up on yesterday's defeats for today, you're in trouble. Yesterday is gone. It's spilled milk. It's gone. You can't go back and change it. Some of us like to go to the courthouse in the middle of the night with a big old whiteout deal and clean up some things on our records. You can't do it. It's done deal. But you got to renew your mind and your spirit. you got to have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature, the regenerate self created in God's image that's God-like in true righteousness and holiness. When you get up in the morning, you need to put Jesus on. And if Jesus doesn't fit, then you need some alterations in your life. No, you're not alterating Jesus because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. you got to alternate, whatever. you got to fix some things in your life. Because I have to put on the new nature of God in my life. I have to become like him. How am I going to become like him? By renewing my mind. How do I renew my mind? i got to get in the book. How do I renew my mind? i got to be in church every Sunday. How do I need to renew my mind? I need to be in church on Wednesday night. How am I going to renew my mind? I need to be in Bible study. Let me tell you something. Bible study, sitting down with a bunch of people at a table, drinking water, tea, and coffee, and reading the scriptures, and looking at the chart, and putting it all together is almost as good as a three-day Billy Graham crusade. Because you're feeding your inward man. You are renewing yourself. Well, how do I get in one of these Bible studies? Well, you just talk to me. We'll get in a Bible study. But you've got to put on that fresh image. Listen, you are changing one lifestyle for another lifestyle. You are walking out of darkness and you are walking into light. Thank God. But you've got to put on that fresh image. Listen, you are changing one lifestyle for another lifestyle. You are walking out of darkness and you are walking into light. Thank God you can do that. You still have an opportunity to walk out of your old life into a new life. And you say, well, you didn't want to know me in my old life. Probably not. And there are probably people that know you in your old life that can't believe about your new life. I'm telling you. Why? Because God is doing a work in our lives. Because we are renewing our mind. Now, all of us come from different levels. Some of, some of us come from deeper pits than the others. Some of our pits were shallow and we didn't have too far to go, but we were still in darkness. Others of us have come from dark pits and we were way down there. We were down there where they had to put a pipe in the ground to just shove oxygen down so we could still stay alive. And the only reason we were staying alive is because... God had a plan for us. You ever hear about somebody that dies prematurely, 35 years old, falls over with a heart attack? Why, God? Or somebody that's living for the Lord and, and, and doing a great thing and become ill and die, 40 years old. They had all their life ahead of them. Why do you do that? And then you look at some of those old grouches, and they're 78 years old, and you say, God, why didn't you wipe him out? Why didn't you take Herschel out? Herschel's grouchy. He takes candy from kids. Got an old bulldog in the backyard named Hercules. God is saying, yeah, but so-and-so at 40 was ready to meet me. Herschel's not ready yet. I'm giving him a little bit more time. You see how God does it? God knows what he's doing. And so God wants us to be constantly renewed in the spirit of our mind. God is going to change us. I used to fight, but I don't fight anymore. I used to carry a long-bladed knife, but I don't carry that anymore. I carry smaller ones just so I can peel apples. God's changing us, and he's changing us from the inside out, and he wants to work on our minds. Just keep with it. Just keep putting on the new nature every day. Keep having that fresh mental and spiritual attitude.
Ephesians 4.23 in the New Living says this, Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and your attitudes. Anybody say this week to yourself, my attitude is not right. You know what? If I'm not careful, yeah, I'm a preacher. But if I'm not careful, my attitude gets out of check as well. You must display. Now here, this is real nice. You must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. I've got to bear the image of God. And so every day I've got to have a fresh attitude and a fresh mental picture and a thought. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's what the King James says. The Amplified says, let this attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. So whatever, I hate the statement, what would Jesus do? Especially when I'm in the midst of feeding a natural, fleshly, ungodly attitude. Because when I really want to just let her fly, what would I do? Yeah, this might have happened, but this isn't going to work like this. I have to have the same attitude and purpose that Jesus had in him. I have to serve people. I have to help people. I have to love people. Don't we all? Amen. And you know what thought is in my mind today? This is the thought that's in my mind today. I want to serve people while I have strength. I don't want to be laying in hospice or long-term care wishing to God that I could just go one more day and work at a food pantry or one more day and go haul food two hours from Bloomington or one more day and teach a Bible study. Don't wait until you get on your deathbed and then have all of these I wishes. Do it now while you've got strength. Punch your neighbor and say, you got strength, go ahead, let's do something. you got strength, you got health in your body, do something now. Okay, so get the mind that Christ had in him, he was our example. Okay, let's go. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. Now, 2 Timothy 1.7 in the Amplified says this, For God did not give us the spirit of timidity. Inferiority will steal blessings from your life. Simply because you are afraid to move into it. God did not give us that spirit of timidity. God wants you to react. God, you know, well, Brother Tracy, I want to get baptized, but I don't want to do it in front of people. Listen, that's the devil just trying to pull your victory away. I want to do something for you, Lord. I want the Holy Ghost, but I don't want to, I don't want to get in front of a bunch of people. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but, you know, of cowardice, of craving. Listen to this, of craving and cringing and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and love and a calm, well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Wow. Have you ever seen camera footage of where they drop relief supplies to some in the Sudan? And they, when the food hits the ground, what do you see? You see hundreds or thousands of people running to grab this food. You know why? Because they're starving to death. The Bible says that there won't be a famine in the last day of bread and water and food, but there'll be a famine for the word of God. When you're really, really starving to death, it doesn't matter what it looks like. When the food hits the ground, you're running for it. And so when you, and I said all that to say this, when you come to church, this is a banquet hall when you come to church. And from the first time you walk in the door until you walk out the door, you are eligible to receive God's blessings in your life. I look for the day when somebody will step out of their car and as soon as their feet hit the parking lot, they start speaking in tongues. I want this banquet hall to be so full of the blessings and mercy of God that you can receive the Holy Ghost during praise and worship. You can receive it during, even during my preaching. Now, isn't that amazing? If you can get it during my preaching, you can get it anywhere. You know what I'm saying? I want, don't be afraid to go after God. The devil wants to keep you back. Shy people have to be miserable people. I don't know. I'm not one. I'm not shy. Push 
forward in God. Get that mind. Hey, devil, you're not putting any negative thoughts in here. You're not putting anything in here to pull me down. I am pressing toward God. Hebrews 8.10 says this, For this is the covenant that I will make with thee, the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. The New Living says it like this, But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds so they will understand them. I hope that this style of preaching that you receive here, you can understand what the Word says when you leave. God wants us to understand His laws, and we'll write them on our hearts so we will obey them, and He will be our God, and we will be his people. God, give me understanding of what I need to do in my life. Devil, my mind is the Lord's, not yours. First Peter 1, 13, 17. So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the special blessings that will come to you at the return of Jesus Christ. Obey God because you are his children. Don't slip back into your old ways of doing evil. You didn't know any better then. Hey, how about that? When you were doing evil before, you didn't know any better. You didn't know it was wrong to do all that kind of stuff. That just came natural. It came normal, you know, because it's in our nature. Look at your neighbor and say, it's in your nature. Now, it's easy for us to say that. It's easy for us to look at our nature and say, it's in your nature. Now, look at him again and say, it's in mine, too. It's in mine, too. Yep, it's in my nature. But I didn't know it was wrong until somebody showed me different. I didn't know it was wrong until I started looking back and saying, you know what, I am now thinking clearly. So do what? Think clearly. Exercise self-control. Think clearly. Devil, you are not going to have a place in my mind. Some of you are going to wake up in the morning and the first thing that's going to come to your mind is something that directly from the devil. A bad thought, a phone call, an email, something, and it's going to make your day rotten. Now, you've got a choice to either let it make it rotten the whole day, or you have the choice to say, you know what? God is bigger than this email. God is bigger than what I'm wrestling right now. God is bigger than that phone call from that idiot that didn't know anything what they were talking about. Therefore, I'm going to give my mind over to God. I'm going to think clearly. I'm going to exercise self-control, and I'm going to look for special blessings. I'm going to look for blessings from God. I am going to look for God to bring me through this day. I am going to look for him to bring my life and put it together in a way that is going to be pleasing to him. Amen? So I'm going to obey God because I'm his child. I'm not going to slip back into my old ways. We call that backsliding. If you're not going forward, you're going, well, I'm just holding my own. No, no. If you're holding your own, you're still not making any progress. It has to be miserable to straddle the fence. It's very hard. It's very hard to live for God on Sunday and then live like hell on Saturday because you're going to be miserable. And there are people who want to live for God, but they just can't keep their thoughts and they just can't think clearly through the week and keep their self-control. You see what I'm saying? So it's very difficult to come into church. Listen, when you come into church, it feels like you have tattooed all over, all over your body what you did last week. And that God has a black light. And when you walk under the black light, we're all reading what you did last week. 
Well, that's not how it works. There's no black lights in here, and God hasn't tattooed it, you know, invisible on your body that only a black light can read it. But the thing is, it is in your conscience. It is in your mind. And so your thinking is, man, I feel so sorry, God. I feel so rotten. I feel so dirty. You, dirty, you've got to please help me. You've got to help me. And so that's why God is talking about that you must be holy in everything you do just as God. I cannot slip back into my old ways. I have got to leave them once and for all somewhere in this process of the journey you are going to have to leave that old life once and for all look at your neighbor and say once and for all i gotta leave it once and for all have you ever drove out of a driveway of somebody and you said to yourself this is the last time i'm ever going to be here again that's the same way we have to be in our old lives i am not coming back here again once i leave here i'm never coming back i'm gone Punch my ticket, sign my sheet, sign that pink slip. I am out of here. I'm gone. You're never going to see me here again. That's what Peter is talking about. You must now be holy in everything you do who chose you to be his children. God chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us. You're here because God is directing you here. You're here because God wants a relationship with you. For he himself has said, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites when he judges. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. The old boy died and went to heaven and he got up there. And so they're taking him through heaven, you know, and there's big subdivisions and there's little subdivisions. And he gets the, they stop at this one, one spot and they open the door and they say, okay, this is where you get out. This is your new home. This is your address. And it was a little 800 foot cottage, 800 square foot cottage. And this 800 square foot cottage, it was nice. It had a picket fence. It had nice flowers around it, you know, and it was, there was, uh, happiness there, but it was setting on a 10,000 square foot foundation. This 800 square foot cottage was sitting on this 10,000 square foot slab. And the guy said, I don't understand. What's going on here? There's a small cottage, but yet this large foundation. Is there a problem here? Why is this my house? You always notice that you're always the one that gets the raw end of the deal. And they said to him, the problem is, this is your house, This is, and this is correct. The 800-square-foot cottage is what you did in life. The 10,000-square-foot slab, the foundation, is what God had intended for you. God had intended for you 10,000 square feet of awesomeness. And the only thing you lived up to was 800 square foot. So God is a righteous judge. He doesn't have favorites. He is going to reward us according to what we do. We must live in reverent fear of him during our time as foreigners here on this earth. This earth is not our home. We're just traveling through. We are speeding toward dying. Now that's encouraging, isn't it? We are all speeding toward dying. You don't believe me? Look at your baby pictures and look at yourself now. You've changed, man. Look at your high school graduation pictures. You've changed. The thing is, you are going to have to ask yourself, while I am here on this earth, speeding toward eternity and speeding toward a natural death and speeding toward a separation of my body and my spirit, what size building am I building on the foundation that God has for me? What am I doing that God wants me to do? First thing I've got to do is I've got to keep my mind clean. I've got to keep it clear. And I have to put godly thoughts in there all the time. Philippians 4 and 8. The guy that was in the Civil War had gray pants and blue shirt, and he got shot on both ends. Stop straddling the fence. Get up. Let's go. Get on the Lord's side. It's a lot easier on the Lord's side. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, 
Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. What am I supposed to think about? Things that are true. What am I supposed to think about? Things that are honest. What am I supposed to think about? Things that are pure. What am I supposed to think about? Things that are lovely. What am I supposed to think about? Things that have a good report. Because we're looking for virtue, praise, think on these things. What's the declaration? I will not allow my mind, my spirit to become Satan's garbage dump. He's not going to put negative thoughts in my mind because I'm going to think on good things. And I'm going to think on good thoughts. And I'm going to think on things that are true. And I'm going to think on things that are honest. And I'm going to think on things that are of a good report. I'm clearing up my thinking. Because if I can control my thoughts, I can control my actions. If I can control my thoughts, I can control my attitude. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, Whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix, look what it says there, fix your mind on them. You can do that.